Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey everyone, Dave here with the How We Solve Podcast. I am talking with Darren Shaw today. Darren is the founder of WhiteSpark, a company that provides SaaS software and services for helping business rank in Google's local results. And he also happens to be the co-host of the SaaS Venture Podcast. Darren, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Dave. My pleasure. I know you have extensive knowledge in the spaces of local SEO and SEO in general, but also software and services. So there's so many things that we could talk about today. I'm a little bit giddy with excitement about, you know, what we should sort of dive into. Want to try to keep it focused so at the same time. But you know, looking back at your history, that's always a, a great place to start. You know, I read, you know, WhiteSpark was founded in 2005 as a website design and development company, which, you know, I mean, is a service that's sort of in the space of, of marketing, but doesn't seem to be, you know, what you are today. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey, founding it, why you chose website design development and how it evolved from there. Yeah, sure. So I started building websites in the late 90s while I was going through computing science in university. And so I just started making websites on the side and that kind of evolved into a freelance business. People just kept referring people to me. And so when I had a job working at the university, but in 2005, I had so many freelance clients that I just decided, okay, well, I'll just make this my job. I'm going to make make a business out of it. And so then I did freelance for a few years and kept building up the web development business, ended up hiring a couple developers. And in 2010, we built a like a software as a service application called the local citation finder. I had gotten into SEO because once you start building websites for people, they're asking how to help, help, how do you get them ranked Google? So I'd really gotten into that in particular in local because I was dealing with a lot of local businesses and I'd read a blog post that really sparked this idea that we could do, we could build a software system that does competitive citation analysis. It finds all of the all the business listings that your competitors have, finds all the business listings you have, and then compares the two and says, hey, here are your opportunities. These are all the top ranked businesses are on these sites. You're not. You should go get on them. And so we built that software. It was a free version when we launched, which I think was a smart launch move because then it kind of took off and it really spread across the, you know, all the local search publications and the influencers in the space were writing about it and talking about, hey, there's this great software. And then from there, we just continued to iterate on that and, and we put a subscription model on it. We improved the software. We ended up building up a, lo- a local rank tracking software. We now have a reputation management software as well. And so we've got kind of two sides of the business. We We've got the software side of the business and then some services as well. Very cool. I love seeing how, you know, a story evolves when you talk about you're making websites in the 90s and then all of a sudden, you know, that becomes a business. Then it becomes an agency. Then it becomes a software. Then it becomes getting these additional spaces. And it all seems very natural. But that one decision or those couple of decisions to start kind of freelancing website has essentially drastically altered, you know, the trajectory of your life (laughs) to make you where you are today. And hopefully, you know, for the better. So a lot of people struggle with SEO. They kind of struggle with the concept of it and, and understanding, you know, how it works and the nuances. And then local SEO is often treated as kind of this, it's almost like a separate field, right? And so can you tell us a little bit about the nuances of local SEO and kind of, you know, why you guys gravitated towards that space? Yeah, sure. So we gravitated towards it in the beginning because it was basically the client market that we served. But then I became obsessed with it just because I think it's it's the best. I think it's actually, it's an interesting thing that the idea that it seems like a small subset of the bigger picture of SEO. 
I think you could flip that idea and local search could actually be way bigger because it serves a much bigger market. How many small businesses are there in North America? Like way more than e-commerce businesses, way more than, uh, you know, just standard businesses. And how many of them have multiple locations? You take a, a business like Best Buy, we've got like thousands of locations, right? So each one of those needs its own set of strategies. So the actual work is potentially way bigger and the market is way bigger as well. But local SEO is basically five key pillars. It's the same standard set of SEO you would do for any business, which is optimizing your website, getting great content, making sure all the content's optimized, and then getting links to your website. You have to do that in local search as well. So it's the same concept applies. Fortunately, for a small plumber, they don't need as many links as like a huge e-commerce company, but you still have to do all that stuff. And then you've got three additional things you have to add on top of that. One is uh, your Google My Business listing. You've got to sort of get that set up properly, optimized, managed, maintained. You have to continue working on your GMB listing. You see, you reap the rewards if you're active and engaged with it. Then you've got uh, reviews. So getting reviews on Google and getting reviews on other sites is a huge part of it. And then you've got uh, what are called citations, business listings. So getting listed on Yellow Pages and a bunch of other sites. But not only that, also getting listed on like local blogs or local newspapers where they mention your name, address, and phone number. Any of those contribute to your rankings at Google as well. So it's like you've got all the regular SEO work to do with your website and links, but then you've got three other things you have to do. So it's actually more work and there's more, more components to it than traditional SEO. Like you said, it's like an added layer on top of the normal stuff that everyone needs to be doing, but then you also have these nuances. And so your software, and actually, it's, you know, I believe you have several software and they, you know, they address some of these pillars. And so what has been kind of the approach you guys have taken? Somebody wants to check out your suite of software to get these things done. You know, what would they find? Yeah, so I think most people come to us for the local citation finder. It's this business listing analysis software that really helps you understand your business listings and the opportunities, and it guides you as to what you should go out there and get, and is really relatively inexpensive. And then the other one that's pretty big is our local rank tracking software. A lot of businesses, there's actually a lot of rank tracking software out there, but most of them don't really focus on local. They kind of added local as an afterthought. It's like, oh, well... We're already parsing this page of Google results. There's a three pack on here. So we're going to show you where you rank in the three pack. But that is just like the tip of the iceberg of local. Local is hundreds of listings beyond that. And most local rank trackers or most rank trackers just stop at the three pack where we track local completely throughout the entire local finder and through uh, Google Maps. And we do it on Bing as well. And so you just really get this true picture of how you you rank in local. And we have uh, excellent filtering and, and all of that. So it's a local first rank tracking software, which solves that problem, being able to really understand how you rank in local. And then we have review acquisition, which is a system that allows you to request reviews, connects with your database of customers so that we're automatically pulling and sending out requests either via email or SMS. It also monitors and tracks all of your reviews, it gives you an interface to respond, gives you great reporting, and it collects all of that feedback. Plus we have widgets you can put on your website that will you know, any first party reviews you get where people leave you a direct feedback, you can add that as testimonials on your website. So it has all of those those features. And so we're kind of hitting those pillars of local search. And then on the, the uh, GMB side, we have a service for that. So we have our Google My Business Management service, which is kind of a productized service where you come in and then our team, you know, gets everything set up, optimized, solves any issues or problems with the listing. And then it's ongoing maintenance. We're uploading 
photos regularly, monitoring your reviews and responding for you, monitoring your Google Q&A and responding to any of that, helping you add more Q&A, adding products, services, Google Posts. A lot of people don't realize that Google My Business has added all of these amazing features. And there's a huge opportunity right now that most businesses are not taking advantage of. Most businesses set up their Google listing back in 2003 and haven't thought about it since. But wow, in that time, Google has added all this great functionality to Google My Business. And so any business that takes advantage of that really stands out from the rest of the listing when people are browsing and searching for a business. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'll admit something I probably shouldn't say, but I just recently decided to start a Google My Business page. <laughs> and I've been, you know, I've been running shortlist for just, I mean, it's just a couple of years, but two, three years or so. And we're not a local business, which is why I didn't necessarily prioritize it as the first thing I should be doing. But regardless of the fact that, yeah, we serve customers kind of globally, I still felt as a business having an online presence that this is something we should be doing. So it's really, you know, obviously it's great to see you guys offer the complex the software and the service combined solutions to help with, you know, what can otherwise be a, a tedious problem. SEO is a space, you know, changing all the time. You mentioned kind of starting in 2010, it's now 2021. I'm sure it's not the same problems and challenges that it was. At the same time, you know, you have a software and, you know, from my experience building a software, you have to have a degree of, of a roadmap. You have to have sort of a vision. You sort of expect a degree of consistency, perhaps, in what you're trying to solve. So how have you worked with the challenges of SEO, frequency, the volatility in which it changes, the algorithm maybe changes, and keeping the software relevant? It's actually really, that's a really interesting question because even though SEO is changing all the time, the core functionality of our software hasn't really needed to change. We're always chasing Google in terms of their uh, design updates for our rank tracking software because we have to parse new stuff all the time for our rank tracking and we have to update our parses on a regular basis for any changes Google makes. But the fundamentals, like those five things I mentioned, have been the same in SEO and local SEO since the very beginning. And so there's not huge changes that really impact how we build our software. So there are certainly new things on the horizon and, and we have new software coming out to kind of meet some of those needs, particularly around Google My Business Management, having a software system to do it rather than hiring an agency to do it. So building out a nice platform for that is certainly on our roadmap. But it's been pretty easy to, to pivot and change as the industry changes. And it's actually been great because, you know, when you can get ahead of a feature, you can you can launch feature. We can get ahead of a, something that Google's introduced. You can launch stuff for that. And it really helps to create this constant stream of marketing. You know, we're not just trying to pitch the same old thing all the time. There's always something new that we've added or uh, changed to adapt to how things are uh, changing in the industry, which allows us to always have a steady stream of new things to promote. That's great. I'm really glad you answered like that. I kind of laid a trap and you didn't fall into it. <laughs> it was it's because I agree with you 100% which is that, yes, there are algorithmic changes. SEO is obviously not the same as it was before, but a lot of the pillars that you mentioned, like getting reviews from your customers, you know, having a Google My Business page, at least, you know, since that's existed, having citations in whether it's, you know, directories or, or the different areas where a business might be cited, those have all, they're just kind of like best practices. They've always kind of been something that we should be doing. And so anyone that might be kind of thinking like, well, SEO changing all the time, you know, it's not necessarily, you don't need to think like that. Actually, a lot of the stuff that is true then is still true now and will probably be true for the future. Since you mentioned that uh, pivoting and addressing these pillars, you know, was has not necessarily been the most challenging part of the software. Talk to us a little bit about the challenges. What have been some of the difficulties that you've run into growing the software businesses? managing multiple products as opposed to maybe 
choosing to have it all in one and, you know, and just offering all those features in one, things like that. This is a great question. I'd say one of the biggest challenges we have faced and continue to face is our weird setup that we have multiple software systems, multiple services. It's almost like I'm running five different companies, which is a bit of failure, I think. It was it's a mistake to have it sort of evolved the way it did. And now it did evolve organically that way. It's like, oh, let's build this thing. Oh, okay, let's build this thing. We're like the concept back in the day when we were thinking about doing this was like, oh, we're going to diversify our revenue stream by adding this new thing, adding that new thing. And I think that the failure there is that it creates a bit of a confusing marketing pitch because people land on our website and they're like, I have one problem, which is I want to rank better in Google's local results. How do I sign up for your thing that helps me do that? And then we're like, well, uh, which thing? Do you want this? Do you want that? And so it's just a little bit of a... It's a blocker when people hit our landing pages and they're like, do I sign up for this thing? Do I sign up for that? I don't, it's like too much, too much stuff, too many different things. And so this is actually part of our roadmap in 2021 is to integrate everything to a single unified platform that helps you solve all the problems of local search in just one interface rather than jumping from application to application or using this service or that service. You have one platform that you can then manage all the different aspects in. And so that's coming. That's one of the the bigger problems that we've been trying to solve. I think another big one is just really getting a good development process in place. It's taken us a long time to get there. And I think that we're really hitting our stride right now. We have a, a much better structure just recently where we have a team lead and we've got, you know, four developers under the team lead. We've got daily stand-ups. We're organizing our sprints. We're pushing towards goals. And another problem we've always had with the company is when when I was kind of like the guy that oversaw the development, I was always just distracting people. I'd be like, oh, I have this great idea. Let's go and do this thing. Oh, let's go and do this thing. And so now I'm not allowed to do that, which has been helpful. And so they're like, Darren, if you want something, you got to make a ticket for it and we'll get to it when we get to it. And so this has actually been helpful just to really organize and dial in proper development structure and practice has been huge for us. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about the different products and how that's been, you know, maybe a little bit of, I don't know, a roadblock or just difficulty in the marketing and the messaging. Back when I was doing Ninja Outreach, the tool had, you know, I had prospecting, I had outreach, I had a CRM. And I always kind of felt, I was like, man, I should break these up into like a couple of products because <laughs> it always felt like just difficult to manage one thing. And so, yeah, maybe it was me just kind of thinking grass is greener and I didn't realize the what I had going at the time. And I can appreciate just the amount of time you guys have been around in software, the monumental task it is to unify those different products. I can only imagine like that is a, a large task. And the other thing you mentioned about basically managing the development team. So you play the role of the CTO or have been? Yeah, pretty much. The founder, CTO, CEO, I'm the sole owner of the company for the most part. And so I've just basically been leader of all the teams, which, you know, we, we've now changed our structure. So I don't have to manage everything. That's cool. And, you know, on the services side, because we haven't really talked as much about those, how do those kind of fit into the unification goal of what you're talking about? Yeah, they fit in really nicely because it's like we have a lot of people that come to us and the software is more self-serve, but some people, they just like, can you do it for us? And so the services evolved out of that. It's like, sure, we can. We, we now have a team. We have a fantastic team that does a lot of the local search optimization work for you, both on in terms of Google My Business stuff and on the business listing side. So we have a citation building team that does all of the, you know, build your listings for you. And that was a really natural evolution, right? Because we had this software that would show you all these business listing opportunities. And then someone, let's say, 
a small business owner goes and starts creating listings on all these websites and they're like, man, this is a real pain. I don't want to do this. And so it's a real easy upsell into our service where, hey, we can do it for you. And then the same thing on the Google My Business Management side, it's a fair amount of work. You've got to kind of keep on top of it a good five hours per month of, of adding Google posts and managing your listing and responding to stuff yeah, and doing this thing called spam fighting. Uh, Google has a big problem in local with spam. And so what a big part of the job over there is removing listings that are violating the guidelines. And when you remove those ones, your listing goes up. And so that's a big part of what we do too. And so it takes time. Someone's got to do that work. So the services evolve naturally from from the software really another thing i relate you know really well with again like back with ninja outreach we also launched like an agency for running influencer marketing services because we understood that people don't not everybody really wants to run the software and so for software entrepreneurs who are out there listening you know maybe this isn't you know priority number one but when software start to mature a little bit i think there's always like this addressable market of just you know, 10% or whatever it is of people that they, they want the result, but they don't want to, you know, use the software themselves. They're a small business CEO. This isn't really their expertise. And they're willing maybe to pay a little extra to have somebody run services. I think it's a great opportunity for some additional, you know, revenue and things of that, that nature. So just about to wrap it up here, but before we do, you know, we had talked about industry report that you guys put out. And I love that because it really positions you guys as experts in the local SEO industry. And it's so important just into Today's day and age with, you know, let's be honest, there are people out there providing SEO services and software as well, as you know, to really position you yourself as, as the expert. So tell us a little bit about that industry report, you know, where it kind of came from, what the goals are and uh, why people should be reading it. Yeah. So the report is called the Local Search Ranking Factors Survey, and we do it every year. It was originally started by David Mim, who's a luminary in local search. He started the survey in 2008 and ran it every year until about 2017 when he passed the reins over to me. And so I've been running it for the last uh, three editions. And it's supposed to be yearly. I missed a couple of years in there. But it's a survey of the top 40 to 50 so local search experts. So these are people that are in the trenches doing the work. They run agencies. They're, they speak at conferences. They're constantly doing research. They're kind of the noted experts in the local search space. And so when you survey all of them in aggregate and you ask them, what are you seeing impact rankings? You can combine all of that into like actionable data. And it's like 70% of them said this was the number one thing to focus on in terms of improving your rankings. And so I aggregate all that data. There's 122 different potential factors. And then in the end, they all get sorted based on how people rank those factors from the survey. And so it becomes this kind of Bible for local search. It's used by all the agencies, anyone in SEO that needs to understand local, it's kind of the first stop for like, hey, what's currently driving local rankings and what is my priority list? And then we also even built a checklist tool off of it. So there's a free tool you can sign up for that will create a local search checklist for you based off of the local search ranking factors. And you kind of just go through and check off the things and it guides you as to what you need to do. And so this resource has been huge for, for us. It ends up creating this great marketing funnel for us. We're always, it, you know, gets a lot of reach and then it gets me on a lot of podcasts and it gets me on a lot of webinars and people just want to hear about it. Hey, what's, what's the latest, what's new in local search and so on. It's been great for me to kind of become that guy. That I'm the guy that answers that question. So I get a lot of invites because of it. Very cool. And how do people get it? Yeah, you just go to our website and under our resources, it'll be the first resource, but it's uh, whitespark.ca slash local search ranking factors and just put dashes between each word. So local dash search dash ranking dash factors. Awesome. Great to hear. I mean, I listen to so many podcasts 
you know, read so many books, people talk about being that guy, you know, like you mentioned and how important that is. And, you know, if you are the authority, if you have the authoritative information, you know, you're walking the door to, yeah, podcast, webinars, speaking opportunities, et cetera. Obviously, you know, take years to kind of build up that credibility. But once you have it, you know, you have it for life as long as you don't you know, squander it. So <laughs> thank you so much, Darren, for being on the show, chatting with us about local SEO software. For those who want to learn more about you and your company, where should they go? Just go to whitespark.ca. Everything you can, you can jump off of there to access all of our resources, all of our free tools. We have a ton of free tools like the checklist one I mentioned and our products and services. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Darren. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. Great talking with you. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.